Is proudly hosted by Red Nation Online. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and everywhere else you find your favorite podcasts. Welcome to episode 40 of Ours is the Fury. Ottawa Fury got another result? 0 0? How is everyone feeling about that? Ryan? Uh, well, it's a good result. A high scoring team. Didn't get any goals. We're not a high scoring team. Didn't get any goals. Blocksmith also here? Yeah. Uh, we didn't lose 3-1, so that's positive. <laughs> yep, and uh, it's our 40th episode, so we brought you an entire work week of uh, podcast episodes so far, and uh, we're hoping uh, to provide many more. Well, I guess, eh? One hour each. And, wow. What a waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Speaking about uh, waste of time, let's talk about the Fury <laughs> game against FC Edmonton. Uh, really? Really? You think it was a waste of time? I thought it was a good game. No, I had a pla- I had a blast. I mean, the uh, supporter section was rocking last match day. More so, I think, than it has all season. That's the, yeah, it's the busiest I've seen the supporter section ever, really. Arthur, the whole stadium looked pretty, pretty good. I was pretty drunk, so you may notice that uh, during the match analysis. <laughs> yeah, well, well, it's like normal. We'll leave it up to Blogsmith to... <laughs> Come up with all the details. So uh, they they announced an attendance of five thousand and sixty four, which is almost guaranteed wrong, because there were way more people than last week that we could see. It's yeah, it's kind of funny because most most uh, teams in this league they announce attendances that are higher than are actually there, and then Ottawa announces attendances <laughs> that are lower than are actually there. But um, yeah, yeah, there was speculation that. Um, they, they, they don't count the free ones, so like all the Fury fanatics and stuff don't get counted. Yeah, I, like I know that I'm pretty sure that uh, the Fury scheduled all these day games for kids, but I swore I saw more kids at that last game than I've ever seen. Yeah, fr- Friday night's a great time to have a soccer game. There was a lot of talk about that. A lot of people were very happy about a Friday night game, and, and I think it showed by the amount of crowd participation there was that night. Yeah, much better than, than Sunday. Like it always surprises me that MLS is sort of trying to brand the soccer Sunday, right? Like I, I hate that day. I know the the other days are football and so on, but but that's the thing though. Canadians like sports at Friday nights, and Americans love their Saturday afternoon, their Sunday afternoon sports. Gotcha. I mean, it's not like it's not like Europe where the seasons don't change that much. Like in Ottawa, you have. Three months tops of like nice weekends a year, and then it's just Arctic blast. Yeah, so you want to get out there. People go to cottages. People want to do stuff during the day. Yeah, and the weekends are pretty sacred too, right? Mm-hmm. So Friday nights are really it's prime time, really. Yeah, so let's have a look at the lineup. Uh, <clears throat> Pizer and goal, no surprise there. And then we had our um, defensive line that's been the same for the last couple of games. Uh, Trefford as the left back, Falvin Alves, the two center backs, and Ryan Richter is right back. And then we had Ubi, Patterson, and De Guzman starting in midfield. We had Polterneri on the left and uh, Junior on the right with uh, uh, Haworth being the, the only striker. Uh, Heinemann was injured. He was uh, sitting above us. Um, I can confirm that I saw him. He was happy when we did the Heinemann chant. Was he happy? Or was yeah, he, just he was. Uh, he was doing that Ronaldinho hand motion. Oh, I can't okay. really describe uh, 
without showing you guys. Um, I guess Wiedemann's still out. Oh, he came on. He oh, came on. you right. really didn't see the match. Well, <laughs> yeah, he was subbed on. <laughs> so I guess he's not, maybe he's not full, but maybe he's being benched. Yeah. So a bit of a surprise not to see Becky after his pretty solid uh, performances in the midfield, I guess. Well, he did really good when he was subbed on. I know that he was subbed <laughs> on, but he didn't okay. start. <laughs> yeah. No, he, he made an impact right away when they subbed him on. Uh, the first touch of the ball, he went up the wing there and then crossed it into the box and scoring opportunity there. So He's, he's a kind of player. He's working well in every position. Mm-hmm. It's really... Uh, Quite a versatile player. Yeah. It's really, Similar to Davies. Yeah, which I'd like to see more too, but well, injury is pretty serious. So. Yeah, although you don't really need an arm. Yeah, you don't need an arm in soccer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anything noteworthy that happened in the first half? <laughs> Since John can't remember. <laughs> well, there was kind of a handball. People were crying for, but I don't. I don't really think it was a handball. I just let it go now. <laughs> it's just like well, let the other team use their hands in the box. It's okay. It was basically. Bounced off of him and hit his arm and then went out in the corner, yeah. but there's no one around him. It wasn't was. intentional kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a right off the start, Edmonton almost scored in the first couple minutes. Uh, and Elvis was, uh, he was the hero a couple times in her own end. So, yeah. um, who was the player of the match, man of the match that they do at the end of uh, the Ryan game? Ryan Richter won the Ottawa Fury man of the match, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to give a notable mention to Alves because he was, he was a beast. Yeah, he does it week in and week out, though. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't really get enough recognition. For sure. And um, Richter is probably awesome as well. But like, I kept calling Richter Trafford during the game, and I wasn't drinking. <laughs> but that's because they keep changing their numbers. So. Yeah, but you, like, he, yeah, they don't look similar at all. No, they don't. <laughs> a little bit, little bit of a size difference, but yeah. So. Um, um, second half. What happened, Tim? <laughs> uh, I thought we played a lot better. We were getting a little more chances. But uh, we couldn't really capitalize on it. Patterson had one kind of sitter right in front of the net. And he just hit the goalie. Hit it hard, too. Yeah. Hit it right at the goalie. But when Wiedemann came on, he had this, he made this nice move to get to the top of the box and just shot it right at the keeper. Yeah. That seems to be our... our Hard forte. Or you get those good opportunities and they always shoot right at the keeper. But uh, interesting, Dos Santos was asked after the match if, uh, if he was looking for a forward, and he just said yes. And then they asked him a follow up question Do you think, or will you, will you be uh, signing someone, or do you have someone in mind? Is what they said. And he just looked at the camera and said yes. <laughs> No, no holding back any words. Yeah. yeah, so let the rumors start, you know? Yeah, yeah I, think... I heard uh, Slatan Ibrahimovic is unhappy <laughs> at the uh, PSG. So. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hey, they, a replacement for Donatelli's hair? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really shows what <clears throat> Heinemann's not in the lineup. I mean, Wiedemann's kind of been disappointing, to say the least. And Hayworth hasn't really you know, settled into that striker role. And, yeah, it really shows game after game when we get all these chances and we just can't finish. So it'd be really, really 
good for the team to get some kind of like poacher or finisher who we I never mean, really had on the team. We're starting to sound like a broken record every <laughs> every episode. We're like, yeah, we don't score any goals. We've scored five goals in eight games. Um, there's only one team that uh, has scored. Ver- well, we've scored the least amount, and then Atlanta has scored seven, which is two more than us. Well, so obviously we need some goal scoring, but we're still in the middle of the table. Yep. Yeah, I mean, defense has been absolutely solid, especially the last few weeks. Alves is, I don't think he's had a bad game yet. Falvey's kind of playing better. He's kind of a little iffy at the start, few first couple of games. Well, Alves had that huge screw-up against yeah. FC Edmund and the Voyagers. Richard's been solid all season long. Well, three full games without a goal against, right? Yeah. So that's some a positive I think people should uh, remember about this team. Very strong defense. We're like the new FC Edmonton defensively. It's like they passed it on to us. Or something. Yeah, and they were able to contain Lance Lang and Niasi down the wings. There wasn't really much of a threat out of those two. Yeah, and uh, Eddie Edwards didn't play, eh? That's why uh, we didn't really notice the family as much. Yeah, I guess he was scheduled to play, but I guess right before game time he I guess he really injured it or couldn't go. Mm. But I do, I do remember Bokai coming on. Hanson Bokai coming on for Edmonton. And he was he was giving the defense a little trouble. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to see that Bokai is <laughs> getting some playing time again. Yeah, it's good to see him in. Hopefully he pans out for the, you know, the Canadian national team and, and that works out for him. You know, he matures. And yeah. That happens. So overall, our track record against FC Edmonton is negative. I think we've only won against them once, right? Once in the in the NASL season last year at home, like the last one of the spring season, if I remember yeah. correctly. Yeah, Carlton, yeah. What about the two games in the fall season? One was 0-0 at the World Cup final day, I remember mm. that. What about the second game in the fall season? Anyone remember? That was 2 two nothing. For Edmund? Yeah, they got crushed. It was right at the end of the season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's probably one of our worst games. I think it was, it was that game where we uh, we knew we were out of the playoffs, and here's everyone just gave up. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, where everyone didn't even try. <laughs> we were actually really annoyed. Uh, yeah, and then we, we tied against them twice, 0-0, once in the V-Cup and now in the in the NASL, and then, of course, two 3-1 losses this year in the V-Cup, and then another 3-1 loss. The V Cup last year. Yeah, so they definitely have our number. Yeah, like I said, last week I'm sick of Edmonton, so. <laughs> well, we won't have to play them for a while. You just have to watch the Canadian national team in Edmonton for a while. But well, that yeah. should be fun. Oh, that'll be great. Yeah. Well, that pretty much concludes the game <laughs> from my perspective, because I, I honestly plan to rewatch it, but since we scheduled the podcast uh, for Monday, I uh, didn't have time to, to do that. Um, maybe we should note that Trafford got a yellow, and he was the only one to get a yellow, and that the officiating overall was pretty good. Yeah. Are you sure, John? You sure it was good? <laughs> well, no one was talking about it. So. <laughs> yeah, actually, it was quite good. It was, uh, it was good. And, you know, for a 0 0 game, um, I, I, I thought it was quite exciting. It wasn't like the Tampa game. Uh, it, Edmonton's a lot better to watch than Indy. So, you know, so it was exciting. Like, there was attacks on both sides. Uh, I think the stat sheet didn't say anything about dangerous attacks again this time. So I'm still trying to figure out what, when those are going to happen. But, um, 
yeah, it was a it was an entertaining game that I I would watch again. Yeah, definitely they played. I thought they played really well. It just you know again just comes down to scoring. They're having trouble with, but defense has been solid. The midfield, even without uh, Richie Ryan, is pretty solid. And uh, the wingers, no problem with them, even though Oliver's been out for a while and who knows when he's coming back. Yeah, and Paulo a couple times in the box doing the one-on-ones. Mm. And uh, he just needs to convert a couple of those, you know. For Everything sure. will change for him. So in terms of the standings, we're in seventh place now. Um, sounds bad, but we're actually... We, if we win against Jacksonville and, and Edmonton loses, we can take fifth place. So, and and we're still in uh, in uh, in the run for getting under the top four. So, not it's not a, that bad for us actually. Well, there's two games left, and yeah, <laughs> everyone could get into the top four. I think yeah. everyone's at eight points. You know, they happen to be two away matches, but uh, I think we're we'll probably get into this later. But yeah, let's get into that later, <laughs> and then we'll take a break. This is Mason Trafford, and you're listening to Ours is the Fury. Welcome back, guys. So let's get into Ryan's favorite part, the listener question section. Uh, Go ahead, Ryan. I'm just excited. (laughs) So uh, let's get right into it. Um, Plenty of contributions, so thanks, guys. And don't forget, we also have a Facebook group that no one likes. But if you don't have Twitter and you want to get in touch with us, we're on Facebook. Ours is the Fury. Um, Mark Lapointe, who's at Keek16, asks, what would a successful season be for the spring season? Personally, I think anything in the top five. Because that keeps us in contention. A successful season, I think, if you're three points out of a playoff spot, four spot, I think. Yeah, that's what, that's what I was going to say, too. That's like still in the running for uh, the fourth spot and not too far out. And uh, Martin Burt at OVTC6 asks, is Wiedemann, Wiedemann a striker? We just need 22 more nil-nil draws to finish the combined season on 31 points. I take that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, Wiedemann is a striker, and uh, he was very good at it uh, in his college days. He just hasn't translated that into his professional soccer days yet. Well, he didn't make it to the MLS for you know for not, no reason. not scoring goals, and yeah, I think he I think he hasn't got the most minutes. He hasn't got the most. It's like you got to be. He's not fair in to... form. Like we need to give him more time before yeah. we can. Uh... I don't think it's fair. People are hard on him, and it's like give him a chance to prove himself. Give him those minutes and. Give him good service, which, you know, it's not like he gets tons of service and then he's losing the ball all the time. I mean, he has had chances, like that Edmonton one, pretty clear. Just isn't that finisher. You, you look at him, Ronnie doesn't, he's definitely not the fastest guy in the, on the field. There's times where he looks like he's not putting, you know, 100% effort out there all the time. So. Uh, I you guys are so negative, like all like every week in week out. You guys are so negative. I I think there's like there's talent in these team in this team, and there, there's things that click, and they're just not clicking right now up front. 
And yeah, I do think we should have another, they should sign another forward, definitely. But I think also with the guys we have, there's just something not clicking, and when it does click, it's going to be... It's going to be nice. I mean, you could say the same thing as Heineman was last year. We were all kind of on top of him for not being well, but... Exactly. You know, he's, he's decent at what he does. And I think this year he kind of came in with lowered expectations of himself. Yeah. And then, so we're not really as hard on him this year. So maybe that's the same thing for Wiedemann. He can come around the fall season and do better. Yeah. And uh, this week, as every week, we also asked our uh, listeners a question, which was... With the home spring schedule coming to a close, what has been your favorite moment at TD Place this year? And uh, Restaurant, who is at AleWordCA on Twitter, who I think is a first-time contributor, so thank you, he says he truly enjoyed watching Fury Junior Academy boys playing versus men, systematically breaking them down and winning 2-0. Skill and patience. Uh, Ryan and Tim, you guys witnessed that, so maybe you can speak to that. Yeah, I don't think I would say it was my highlight, but it was an awesome game to watch. Yeah, we talked about that game uh, before, and just the keeper for that Academy Junior team is, uh, I'll go see them again just, mm. just for that. So. And uh, Bob Stinson answers, feels like it's been an uneventful spring season. Last week's winner was probably the highlight. I wouldn't call it uh, uneventful. Like, there were lots of different highs and lows that occurred, no? There's just not a lot of scoring and not a lot of like, you know, like last minute goals like we had last year. Like Oliver had the big game last year. There's just, it just hasn't been those moments, the 4 nothing against Carolina. So I, I see what he's saying, but I, I think the best is yet to come. I'm being Mr. Optimistic today, but yeah. Yeah, I, but I agree with him and it hasn't been the most exciting. So, St. Cody of Assisi does remind us of some more exciting moments. Uh, he says, definitely Nicky Patterson and the rest of the lads jumping into Section W after he scored against Indy. And yeah, that was a great moment. You guys remember? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. I'm just, just no, that, checking. That was great. It's great. It's great for the team. It's great. You know, it looks good. You know, in the paper, the picture of the half the team in the crowd celebrating a goal. I honestly thought they were time wasting because the goal was late, eighty eighth minute. But yeah, no, they love us. No, <laughs> <laughs> good tactic. Keep it up. And uh, Kendra, who's, who's at that? Crooked Beat, no <laughs> idea, hmm. asks or answers this past Friday's night game. Amazing atmosphere, especially in section dub. What our supporters group is all about. Hashtag soccer party. Soccer party. <laughs> yeah, it was it was crazy. That was it was good atmosphere. There's some really good uh, clips online that the Fury put out and the supporters groups had and stuff, and uh, that was electric. Yeah, John Fury, who's at Fury in Ottawa, also says his highlight was the atmosphere by supporters this last match. Also, the Patterson goal. Yeah, eighty eighth minute goal. It's pretty good. Uh, Jordan says as well. Uh, the Friday night game, it was advertised. If it was advertised as a family day game, I bet there could have been 7,500 in attendance. I bet there was 7,500 in attendance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you, Jordan. And uh, Martin Burt, again, answers, favorite TD place moment when the price of bows dropped from 1350 to 1250 after the first game. Still too expensive. Huh. 
So they have bows at somewhere in the stadium. It's like secret. You gotta only special people know where it is, and everyone else has to drink Budweiser, right? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Keith is pretty easy to find as well. That's what I'm. I've been having. I had the Corona, <laughs> the occasional Corona. But I'm surprised that uh, the Minnesota win wasn't up there. Yeah, that. I thought I like I said I called them the Canadian Barcelona after that first game. It was pretty exciting. All right, so let's take a break and then we'll have a look around the league and give you some other team news and other stuff like that. You can find us on Twitter at Ottawa Fury or email us at oursisthefurypodcast at gmail.com. Okay, welcome back. Uh, we're just going to talk about the uh, Academy really quickly. Uh, there's some games this weekend. Um, the big derby happened in Gatineau. Um, unfortunately, the uh, Senior Academy lost 1-0 to Gatineau, but it's kids against men. Like Those guys, there's some balding guys on FC Gatineau, guys that had less hair than me. and uh, So there's no Fury Senior guys? No, there's no Senior guys this week. Um, but they played really well. They're, they did really well. They, they moved the ball around really well. Uh, kept the ball on the ground. They outran them. Of course, they have like 10, 15 years on them. So, um, FC Gatineau played very physical, very dirty. A lot, a lot of like arms and elbows to the face. Uh, you know, they got 30, 40 pounds on some of these kids. Uh, Schroeder took like a nasty elbow to the face. He was subbed off in the 80th minute, but he played pretty well. Uh, Jacob Schroeder and also on the wings uh, Dagnogo was on the wings who's he's been signed to the Fury so I guess he is a senior player that was playing and uh, Langwa was really good on the wing as well um, and another guy I noticed was uh, Jeremy Arnold he's playing kind of like a defensive mid and he, and he move up a little bit sometimes but he moved the ball around really well and I think he's a player that people should probably take some notice of um so they lost one nothing. The Junior Academy team actually drew 1-1. Um, it was downpouring rain, so it's mostly just family members. And I was going to go, and then, and then there, the thunderstorm oh, yeah. alert came on. Like, it, was, it, was, <laughs> it was not just raining, it was downpouring. So, yeah, it was pretty good. So their next game, uh, next home game is June 6th. They'll be playing Assumption. And... We're not exactly sure where this game is. It was supposed to be at Carlton, but I've also heard it's at Minto. So maybe check the Fury website before before June 6th to this see where that game is. This is a crowded soccer day. Champions League final. Yep. Uh, the Canadian women's national team opener. So if you really support local <laughs> soccer. <laughs> yeah. So that game's going to be there. It's at 3 p.m. And then the junior, junior team's going to be playing at uh, 6 p.m. And uh, another team that had a game this weekend is the Elite Girls. This U18 team. And uh, they were playing last weekend against women. They were playing in the League One Ontario. They were playing an exhibition match. So, and they tied so that game. this was a big tournament that happened in Hamilton, if I... It was, was the kickoff of League One Ontario. Okay. The, the women's division. Yeah. So, um, the Fury are not in the league, but they were part of the kickoff. They were just playing an exhibition game. And they actually tied 2-2 against, like, a fully professional women's soccer team. So, that's, that's pretty exciting. And they also uh, they also played University of Waterloo this weekend, and they did really well. But their next game's against Brampton in Brampton, June thirteenth, and they'll be playing uh, here in Ottawa. If you want to see them, if you don't want to see that Women's World Cup and you want to really support our Fury, uh, go see them June twentieth at five p.m. They'll be playing at the Raven Road Field over at Carleton. 
So some really good soccer there. And I think I got a feeling that this, this program's done a mature into, into a full professional squad. I got that feeling the way they're going and the type of teams they've been playing. So we'll see what happens. It'd be nice to see. Yeah, so what's happening around the league, you guys, around the NASL? Uh, well, let's start off uh, one by one. Fort Lauderdale strikers tight San Antonio Scorpions 1-1 uh, in front of 6,400 uh, fans at Toyota Field. Um, not a great season for the Scorpions, but at least they picked up a point. I'm glad everyone's tying. Yeah? Like, no one's getting three points, everyone's getting one point. Mm-hmm. It's good for us. And uh, the big match of the, of the day, we saw the Cosmos and Minnesota draw 1-1. In front of a little over 9,000 people at Blaine Stadium in Minnesota. And uh, I believe Raul scored in the ninth minute. Yeah, I was actually watching this game and I was like hoping Minnesota didn't win. Sorry, Minnesota fans. But, <laughs> and I wasn't, I didn't, I kind of want New York to get all the points at this point, you know? Like if they mm. eat up all the points, it's better for the rest of the table, being like only 11 team league. So uh, Raul scored in 90th minute. He got the pass. Stokeland was subbed on. Raul gets the pass. Beautiful goal. It was like he was like 27 again, not 47 or however old he is. He still got it, man. He still still got got it. it. No. But yeah, it was a beautiful goal. And that pretty much wraps it up for New York. I think New York, they'd have to lose their last remaining game at home against Jacksonville and Carolina and Minnesota would have to win both of their games and still make up goal difference. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can pretty much congratulate New York Cosmos for winning the spring season. Yeah, New York's going to be in the soccer ball. Yeah, which will be their first spring season win, so well done, guys. We hate you. <laughs> we really hate you. <laughs> uh, and you always lie about the number of fans at your stadium. <laughs> um, Indy 11 played uh, against Tampa Bay Rowdies, and uh, the score ended 2-2, which isn't something I would have predicted that Indy put two past Tampa because, you know, we've seen them play. They're not exactly the best team. And Tampa's really good defensively. But uh, they're still selling out their home games. That's good. Yeah, this game was uh, it was uh, suspended for a while. They were having more thunderstorms. So this <laughs> game, this game, thunderstorm? Yeah, this game didn't end until all, pretty much almost midnight. And uh, someone else, uh, Kyle Highlands scored for the Indy in the ninth minute. Awesome left kick. Here on YouTube, on the YouTubes, go check it out. And uh, Tampa Bay got three reds in the, the end of the game. I don't know what happened there. I didn't see it, but well, maybe it'll make the NASL play of the weeks. Yeah, we'll find <laughs> out. The most exciting game of the week was Carolina just destroying Jacksonville four uh, nil in front of eight thousand five hundred fans in Jacksonville. It's um, not a bad attendance for them. Eh? For Jacksonville? Oh, they've been getting 10,000. Oh, I so. thought this was, sorry, I thought this was in Carolina for some reason. Yeah, so what happened, Tim? <laughs> uh, Carolina scored early, and then they scored three goals in eight minutes against Jacksonville in the first half. Yeah. And then just kind of just sat on it. I was reading an article in the Jacksonville paper, because it's hard to watch these games now with uh, TSN, and you have to VPN to ESPN, and you have to do all this fancy elite hacker stuff. So um, I just read the article in the Jacksonville paper. And so Jacksonville had 66 possession, 66% possession in the first half. And they lit in four goals. And I heard they were all set pieces. I don't know if that's true or not, but 
They just got destroyed. Yeah. Like, the game was over, like, in the first eight minutes. I mean, I guess we'll talk about it when we preview the our next matchup at Jacksonville. You know, ever since going up to second not that long ago, I've just tumbled. Yes, I don't know what's going on there. It's, they don't have a lot of injuries, but we'll talk about them more in the future. Uh, New York Cosmos are already in Havana. Americans in Havana. Yeah, yeah. it's, uh, I mean, it's great. Uh Cuba is really dear to my heart. I, I spent a semester there and, and lived in Havana for four months. And great people, and it's it's gr- it's great that relations are um, opening up. Honestly, then that that soccer can happen between the U.S. and the Cuban team. Not sure though, from a marketing perspective, what the hell they're doing there. Um, maybe Ryan has a theory. A theory? No, I don't have a theory, but uh, some other. Uh... MLS, MLS, NASL news that was kind of interesting was uh, Camilo Anthony from uh, the Knicks may be involved in a, a return of the NASL to Puerto Rico. So if you think about it, maybe they're going to the Caribbean islands. Like half the teams are in Florida anyway. Yeah. It's true. It's North American Soccer League, so that includes the Caribbean. Yeah, so maybe there's something at play there. And then... There's all this uh, other news of like that we heard today about the Canadian League, so it it could be falling into place. But yeah, for those of you who don't know, uh, Dwayne Rollins broke uh, some some. He said that a source has leaked that they're planning a Canadian Soccer League of some sort, Division One A, that that could be established by 2017. It would have about eight teams, and pretty much everything else about it is just speculation, possible. Cities, uh, Steven Sander uh, just came out with an article a couple minutes ago um, that it would probably be in addition to NASL and MLS teams, so probably Canadian teams wouldn't be dropping out of their leagues to join. Right, this. You, you said that he contacted FC Edmonton, and FC Edmonton said there was no contact about yeah. a Canadian league, yeah. but they could be just saying that as well. Yeah. So um, this is all very new in the last few hours, so we don't have a lot to say about it. And probably by the time you hear about this, there will be articles on Red Nation Online and Canadian Soccer News. All the sites will probably have it. So. Well, Theo um, tweeted uh, a question sort of at us. Would it surprise you if Ottawa Fury FC jumped from NASL to this uh, rumored All-Canadian League in 2017 and how we felt about that? I have to say, like, if there was an actual Canadian league and, and Ottawa Fury weren't a part of it, that would really depress me. Like, I actually, of course, you'd have to wait and see what kind of product they come up with, but I would want Ottawa Fury to be a part of that. I would be absolutely shocked if they went to that Canadian league from the NASL. I mean, you're just basically throwing away all your NASL, your expansion fee down the toilet. Yeah, we we don't know what this is about yet so it's really hard to say it's really hard to answer that question um ideally i would love 10 team maybe more canadian league and i anyone knows me knows (laughs) i think it's possible and uh and i think it will happen um is it possible with the nasl in canada I don't think so. I think the NASL would either have to step away from Canada, so, but... Or be a part of it, as has yeah. been speculated before. Yeah, or be a part of it, so... 
it's really interesting news, and we're gonna we're gonna be following it very closely. So. Yeah, pretty much we can promise you now, if there ever is a Canadian soccer league, we're going to have a podcast dedicated to that league. If there's a team in Ottawa or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just a, the timing of it seems, well, maybe not timing of it, but I think to get an entire league set up to begin playing 2017 is extremely ambitious. Yeah. yeah, but you don't know how much has been already gone on behind closed doors. Yeah, we don't know a lot. That's the, that's the, that's going to be the story here is that we don't know a lot. We don't know, like, maybe, maybe, like, Foothills is involved. Maybe the, you know, Victoria is involved already. Like, these established teams. And then, you know, if you're the Blue Bombers ownership and you the stadium's already there, all the staff are, you know, well, not all the staff, but a good majority of the staff are already there. It's possible. The NASL did it pretty quick. I know they were mostly mostly established teams, but there were new teams as well. So, All right. So um, next we have quite a treat for you. Uh, Kendra went out and interviewed Julian de Guzman. She's got her full, uh, her full interview posted already on uh, stonymondayride.com. Um, and she has some audio that uh, she got for us. Um, it's about 15 minutes long. And uh, enjoy, guys. Um, we have to talk about All right. Uh, you are currently the captain. So how do you... I mean, you've been talking about Canadians and Canadian soccer all the time. Mm-hmm. So um, how do you kind of view your role in Canadian soccer? Yeah, my, I mean, my role, whether I'm a captain or not, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm an example. You know, I'm, I'm a leader. Um, and... You know, I always like to portray myself as that leader, especially on the pitch, um, through my experiences. And I mean, it's a it's special because um, you know it just goes to show that there are not just myself, but there are other leaders out there who who have had successful careers. Uh, Dero, for example, uh, Atiba Hutchinson, um, and it was the same case where we looked up to guys like Staltieri, um you know, uh, Craig Forrest, um, you know, Kevin McKenna, like, Rosinski, like, these are guys who are all, also leaders to us, and, you know, in a way, they've passed that torch down, and um, now it's our job to to lead by example on the pitch, and, you know, uh, it's, it's still, for me, I, I, I cherish every moment I get um, just to be on that pitch as a leader, whether it's a captain or not. I cherish every moment I, I get you know, just for every any call up, you know, just to be a part of that squad, and um, you know, the national team has uh, been a, a huge passion um, throughout my career. Um, it's uh, become maybe such a big importance right now at this point in my career because you know I've seen how the game has evolved and changed from when I started till now, um, and you know now we have professional teams. Um, now we have. We have stadiums to play in. Now we have fans that, that come to the, that follow us, um, and you know the the growth process is slow. It's 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 happening, but it's slow. And um, I, and I think that's why that, that's just the Canadian culture of being passive with things, you know. <laughs> because I, I believe we have we have the fundamentals and we have the qualities to have our own league if we wanted to. You know, if you if you look at Teams like Honduras and in Costa Rica, and, 
Panama, they have their own leagues. Yeah, exactly. But there's no way they have the same type of uh, economy like, like Canada does. We have one of the best economies in the world, you know. And I think we just need to... I think what happens with Canada is we need to become attractive to, to, to the economy. So by, by becoming attractive, we're going to do well. And if we could, you know, start bringing in results at an international level or at a club level, um, that will turn heads. And uh, hopefully, instead of having five professional teams, double that in the next five years to ten. You know, so making the World Cup, doing well in the World Cup, I mean, that's the platforms that we look forward to or towards to. And um, for me, at this point in my career, Canada has become such a huge um, priority and passion for me. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's a great deal. It's a great challenge to accept every call up and help you know better the uh, the, the program to eventually have a league of our own. What has been I don't know if you can pinpoint it like the best moment or experience that you've had with the national team. Uh, I would say the. Uh, I mean, the one moment I, I could really pinpoint was was probably during a, a 2007 World Cup campaign, uh, going to World Cup campaign. I mean, I think that was probably one of the best squads I've played played in. Um, it was we had the, the amount of talent that we had, but, but at, at the same time we had we were like the unity as well. Like it was special, you know, like. We played amazing football. Like you go there, you feel. I've never felt so free. I've never felt so confident, knowing that we're gonna win this game. We're not losing. We're gonna win. And that was the first time I felt that with that squad being a part of the Canadian national team. Before it used to be, ah, we're playing against this team, so there's a very good chance we're gonna lose. You know, um, that whole pessimistic feeling is gone for the first time as a part of the Canadian national team and I felt it felt very special and it felt uh, something was happening you know and it was it was, uh, it was great and um, it was unfortunate because we were well we were robbed in the semifinals against the US and then going to local qualifiers we we flopped you know and um, and it was tough it was tough to, hard to swallow and I think at that point the, the program became very flat to the point where it plummeted like to the, to the worst rankings in, in the longest while right maybe ever so um, we've, we hit rock bottom at some point after the the, 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 the campaign for Rio woke up qualifiers and after that um, it was starting from the bottom pretty much and so now, now it's fresh but I think that 2007 squad was uh, one of the you know special moments of my career, and I felt you know I never felt so confident putting on that jersey, and it was probably one of the best feelings, and I hope to have that feeling at least you know one more time before uh, hanging up the boots. Um, expectations for the Gold Cup. Um. I, I see us making the. Uh, we have a very good chance of making the final four. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, so. I mean, I believe that too. Yeah. 
the confidence it's is, good to hear that baby. yeah it, it, <laughs> the final four is our is our goal um, if we could get out of the group that's good if we could make it to the quarterfinals that's that's very good if you make it to the semis that's great and um, that, that's what we're looking at right now and I, I think um, you know that confidence that I was, I was just telling you about that to the, to the 2007 squad it's slowly coming back because um, and it's it's probably um, one of the main reasons why I continue to play but, you know it's it, I, I still feel motivated in that sense and um, and I and I, I really want to be a part of that and I really want to help this 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 team um, take that next step forward so this Gold Cup is very important for the for the national team. This Gold Cup will could potentially put us uh, into the Copa America, which is also historical. And um, and I and I think you know with that type of leverage that allows that draws attention, that makes us more attractive. So it's a very important year for us with the Gold Cup and uh, also World Cup qualifiers. Um, that starts next month. So um, you were trialing for, you have to help me out here because I totally forgot. Yeah. And you were trialing for an MLS team before you came to? Yeah, tra I was training, yeah, we were trialing with the uh, Columbus group. Columbus, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what kind of pulled you from that and influenced your decision to come to Ottawa? Like, um, prior, prior to the, the trial in Columbus, um, uh, I mean, I was, I was without a team for eight nine months um, but in between uh, my you know me training with different teams whether it's in Germany or whatnot uh, just to keep fit I was getting called to the national team so uh, I mean I really had to find myself a squad and I mean it was, it was either go to Spain I was getting offers to go to Spain but obviously the, uh, the economic crisis was uh, was something that I, I didn't want to be involved in. Um, Greece was also an option, but same case. Um, and I ideally wanted to be close to my kids if I was to play in Europe. So it was, it was a question of me playing in Germany. Um, but then there were there was an, there was an offer actually from Hansa, Hansa Rostock, which is their division. But we just couldn't come into terms. And it was also like an eight eight and a half hour train ride to see my kids. So I was I wasn't too I wasn't fancying that option. Um, last minute before the transfer window closed uh, in January for uh, for Germany, um, there was a last minute offer that was actually it was like the location was great because it was right by my kids. But then again we couldn't come to terms. So um, if it wasn't Germany I, didn't, I couldn't imagine myself playing anywhere else other than North America, uh, close, close to Toronto, preferably. Um, but then, and then Ottawa was that, uh, that option. So I was in touch with Mark a lot, um, even before going to Columbus. And uh, I mean, I, I was in touch with Pat Onstad to, you know, who's a Columbus crew. Got me out there, trained for about a week, just before national team uh, camp. National Team camp we had the most recent one, yeah. and then after that camp, uh, I mean, I looked at it. I looked at the whole setup of Ottawa. I did my research after talking to Mark as well. It, it, for me, it just made sense to to, to, to come here to, to be a part of another Canadian team, 
and um, and I really like the, the stuff I heard from you know Ottawa. I mean, it was very uh, it was very appealing, you know, just to be a part of a Canadian team again. And I think what I realized being un, like unemployed at the time, the access for a Canadian player to be a part of a Canadian team was very difficult. You know, I couldn't even train with a Canadian team. I, you know, even I was in Toronto at the time, I asked to train with TFC, they wouldn't even allow that. So it was very, you know, just to have that ability to train with your a club team in Canada was very difficult. And um, it, it was sad because I was able to go to Germany and train with a couple of German teams, no problem. But as a Canadian, to come to Canada and train with a team to keep fit, professional team, um, it's probably the hardest thing out there. So, I, uh, yeah, it's it's sad. <laughs> it's really sad, and um, I think it's unfortunate. And, and it's it's something that needs to be addressed for the future because um, you know they, you come to teams like Ottawa, and just from what I've seen so far with the setup, I'm very impressed, and I'm very happy with the decision I make. And I I really hope uh, you know I I can find myself here more than just. One, one season, a couple seasons would be great. Um, it's uh, Ottawa's onto something very special, and um, I mean, in, in the long term, I I, uh, I see I see Ottawa as, as an example. I see Edmonton as examples for other teams to you know other cities to find some, find a, uh, their way into the NASL or maybe in the MLS. So. Um, these are great examples of, uh, of what Canadian football could become down the road, and that's, it's great to be a part of. Yeah. <laughs> Another great interview provided us uh, to us by Kendra. So thank you, Kendra, for going out and uh, doing another great um, conversation with the Fury player. Um, just keep in mind that was only a small part of the interview. The the whole part of the interview is up on StonyMondayRiot.com. I think on the blog, right? You have to click on blog and then it comes up. Yeah, yeah. You need confirmation of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to make sure. So hopefully uh, Kendra will continue to bring us these goods. <laughs> and who knows, maybe we'll see Kendra on the podcast again sometime soon. Yeah, maybe or somewhere else. You never know. Well, I'm sure uh, she's uh, going to pop up somewhere. Um, so let's take a moment and preview the game against Jacksonville Armada, who uh, started off so freaking well and were like the surprise second a couple weeks ago. Uh, have a great attendance, played pretty good soccer, but are sort of on a dip now. So it might be a good time to play them now. Tim, what do we know about them? Yeah, well, they're winless in the last three, lost last two, and that's not including their U.S. Cup Open loss or shit-kicking to the Richmond Kickers. Um, but to be fair, all NASL teams lost to USL teams. Not as badly, though, really. USL's so, rising. <laughs> yeah, Richmond Kickers are a third-division USL team. Yeah, apparently they have really trouble marking on set pieces and their defenders and then midfield aren't really working that well and they get caught on the counter a lot. Isn't the average height of the team like 5'8"? <laughs> now I was looking at their roster and there's there are a lot of little guys on this team. So well, We have a lot of tall guys, so yeah. maybe we should long ball it. Yeah, keep the ball up in the air. So who should we watch out for? 
on this team? Is there anyone, any, any uh, Raul's on this team or any? No. <laughs> One of the few teams without a former TFC player on it. Really? Yeah. Well, I know their first pick or their first signing in club history, Miguel Gallardo, was former Austin and Orlando City keeper until their Orlando moved up to the MLS. He's, uh, I guess, decent. Yeah, a player, a player that uh, always comes up, and you hear his name a lot. I've been watching the Amada. They had, they do really well at like, uh, they have like a weekly TV show that's produced by the team, and uh, their their media is, they're kind of a leader in this league. They do really well. But uh, Jamal ja- Johnson, like everyone knows who he is. He's uh, forward. He's played in the championship. He's played for what MK Dons. And did he play for your team? He played for Preston. Yeah. Yeah. He's and. He's been all over the place, I and we know him because he was he played for the Cosmos, but um, he scored three goals so far this season. He's one of the leaders, uh, fast guy. Still, still got the pace even though he's over thirty. So hopefully they're marking him well. And someone I was worried about, but Tim pointed out that he's injured, is Al Hassan Keda, um, thirty-one year old. Uh, he's like Plata size. He's five foot four. He's he started in Europe. He played all over. He played in Saudi Arabia for uh, Al Shabab FC. Played in Dubai. Now he's in the NASL. But we don't have to worry about him. But he he had four appearances, and he scored three goals. So let's hope he's still injured. We couldn't find any information if he when he's coming back. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> and let's not forget about Cham Rosary, the sixteen-year-old Canadian phenomena <laughs> that uh, they signed not too long ago. Um, he has a Canadian passport, even though he was originally born in Brooklyn. So, uh, hands off, United States Soccer Federation. He's ours. Um, I don't think he's had a game yet for them because he still needs permission to play or something like that. Yeah, we're not sure what's going on with him. Uh, he was playing for Mississauga uh, last year, and he's been, you know, playing a lot in Ontario. But he went down. Stephen Sander actually on Eleven Ca has a really good article about the Canadian phenom. He's 16 years old, right? So uh, hopefully hopefully we see him. I want to see him get some minutes. Uh, you know, a similar story to what Boakai, who's John's favorite player of all time in any soccer league anywhere. Uh, same kind of thing, 16-year-old, signed to the NASL. Yeah, so. went to a camp uh, with AC Milan. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah, that's, that's kind of a big deal, eh? Not really. I mean, there was a Fury player that went down to... Is it Real Madrid or something? Yeah, well, 13, 14-year-old kid mm. from Ottawa yeah. went to Real Madrid's camp, and, and this guy went to AC Milan's camp. So It's good to see these Canadian players like getting that kind of attention. Yeah, Yeah. so it should be hopefully a winnable game for the Fury. Jacksonville's not doing that well. I mean, all their players we listed except for Rosary, 30, 31, 30. Like they're, that's a really old team. Yeah, I think they're all winnable games, aren't they? <laughs> I think so. We haven't, we haven't got a point on the road yet this year. Yeah, it's weird. Last year we were like the road warriors. We got more points on the road than we Is did that at right? home. We haven't gotten a single point on the road yet? No. Jeez. We've only played three. We had that big bulk of home games. just just ended, so. Yeah, yeah so if we can get uh, a win or a point, that would be fantastic. Yeah, it'd be nice to get three or four points out of these next two road games. I know 
be good though. It'd keep us right in there for for the playoff spot. Yeah. This game is on Sunday at four PM. Which is the same time as the uh, Germany against Ivory Coast match happening at Lansdowne for the World Cup. Yeah, so why don't we do some housekeeping? We'll, um, so what's going on Saturday? We have the Champions League final. I yeah. heard some team called Barcelona and some Juventus team. What time's that, John? Uh, I actually don't know what time that's at. I <laughs> is that a two or something? Yeah, so and <laughs> right after that, um, at Grace O'Malley's, they're doing uh, the kickoff for the Women's World Cup, China and Canada, a yeah. game that's happening in Edmonton. So there's going to be a watch party at Grace O'Malley's. Uh, the junior, the academy teams playing at 3 o'clock. Yeah. So Ottawa U Algonquin or Ottawa U Carlton, who knows? Yeah, so there's lots of soccer going on on Saturday. Sunday, there's Women's World Cup happening in Ottawa. I think the first game is Norway against Thailand, I think. I believe you're right. And Germany, Ivory Coast. And then at the same time, Fury against Jacksonville, Amada. So lots of soccer Sunday. So uh, you can find our podcast at Red Nation Online. Or, uh, yeah, on your favorite podcast, Catcher, iTunes. Uh, what's that one called that you liked him? Stitcher. Stitcher Radio, yeah. Stitcher Radio. Uh, we have a Facebook group. We have an email, uh, our sister Fury podcast at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at Ottawa Fury, and we also have a Facebook group. Thanks for listening, and see you next week. Toodles. Bye bye. So, John, what was your highlight of the spring season? Oh, I bought this pretzel. It was really good. Like, a little bit salty, but really good. So worth it. Tim? Uh, one time I was coming into the stadium, and they scanned my ticket. It didn't work. Scanned it again. didn't work. And then third time, it worked. Although second is the time at the academy game when the Ravens were, like, talking to each other. Oh, yeah. On the other side. Where's the Bon Jovi this year? <laughs> we were chatting to Tommy Heineman and I was completely chatting to the wrong person. <laughs>